0: pray that the attitude of our hearts would would remain in that place of praise as we turn to your word now. That you'd take this message and that you'd speak it into each of our hearts. Wherever we find ourselves in our journey of life, Lord God, that you would do a work within each of us. Lord, we we also take time to thank you for for Pastor Malcolm and pray for him as he preaches in Hamilton Road Baptist this morning, that you will use him and We thank you for the blessing it is for us as a church to be able to facilitate his wider ministry and the energy and the blessing that that brings to our church. Lord, we pray right across this land where your word is spoken, that you will move in mighty power, that this will be an incredible day for the kingdom of God, where more names are written in that Lamb's book of life. Lord, will you do a great work, for we pray it in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. It's really good to see you all here today, and as, as Davey, Pastor David was saying earlier, we do really appreciate every one of you, you coming, and also for those who are joining with us on, online. My name is Pip, and I'm one of the pastors here in this fellowship, and it's my privilege to be able to share God's Word with us this morning. This, of course, is the first Sunday of Advent, and I'm sure many of us are looking forward to, to Christmas Uh, As Paul reminded us, I think Pastor Davey's been looking forward to Christmas this year since the 26th of December last year, and he gets very excited about it. We do in our family too, and and it's a a lovely time of the year for us. For some, Christmas is that time of of shopping, cooking, Santa gifts, and and decorating. But for others, it is a, a painful time of remembering loved ones who folks have been separated from or who have maybe passed away. For some, Christmas is all about parties, uh, meals, and and enjoying the company of of family and friends. And yet, for others, it is quite simply the most lonely time of the year. Christmas, for some, is that freeing time of, of expectation and hope, where, for others, it's a binding time because of illness, poverty, and also, perhaps, life regrets. There are so many different emotions that come into our lives when we approach Christmas. And whether you or I are are caught up in all of the excitement of the season or or indeed its challenges, Advent is a season that can help us. Advent is is traditionally seen as the, the beginning of the new Christian year. It is derived from the Latin word adventus, which means coming or arrival, And it is a a wonderful word. Actually, the word Adventus is the Latin translation of the Greek word parousia, which is used in the New Testament to refer to the second coming or arrival of Jesus. And I'm just saying that because it reminds us today that Advent tells us that we live between two momentous moments, two great Advents, two great comings of Jesus Christ, one as a baby and the second as coming King. And as we live between these two great advents, uh, our comings of Jesus, this is a season that can help us, irrespective of, of if Christmas is a time of dread or delight, Advent is a season for us to pause, a season to pause and reflect upon what God has done and what God will do for us. It's a time in the midst of all the distractions of life, good and bad, happy or or sad, to pause and to reflect on what really matters. And folks, nothing matters more than these two great truths. That 2,000 years ago, Christ Jesus came into this world to save sinners and that one day he will return as king. Nothing, nothing matters more than those Two truths. So Advent, it has a past and it has a future dimension that can speak hope and confidence into our present. You see, God can break into our lives and he can break into our lives at any moment, in any place and at any time. And it's our desire as a leadership team in this church that this Advent we will all encounter God afresh As we celebrate the birth of Jesus, and as we live in that expectancy, as we were singing about in our songs this morning, that one day the clouds will break and one day Jesus Christ will return. So this morning we're going to pause and we're going to reflect on how love and how joy can bring confidence into the highs and lows of life. And later on this month then, we will look at hope and peace. Peace when I was a a boy, Michael Bolton sang a song, and I know that instantly dates me. Some young people are looking at me thinking, you know, it's Michael Bolton. But he sang a song, Love is a Wonderful Thing. Do you remember it? Love is a wonder. No? Okay. (laughs) You don't remember it? I remember it. (laughs) And it is a wonderful thing. In fact, one of the, the highest aspirations that you and I have as human beings is to be loved. And, and we look for love everywhere. However, often there is very little evidence of it because worldly love can often be a selfish emotion that revolves around me, 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 and how I feel and, and, and how I think and what I get. But if the love we're thinking about today is to bring confidence into the highs and the lows of life, it needs to be much more than just a fleeting, selfish emotion. It needs to be infinitely great. As we turn to God's word now, we find this love. So if you have your Bible with you, please, please open it with me uh, at 1 John chapter 4. And we're going to start reading at verse 7. First John chapter 4. And we're going to start reading at verse 7, and we'll go through to verse 11. It says, The inspired and the authoritative word of God. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested towards us that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and and he sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Amen. And we know God will add his blessing to that reading from his precious word. The Greek word in that passage of scripture, in fact, much of the New Testament for love, is one that we many of us will be familiar with, and it is agape. And agape can give us the confidence we need in the highs and the lows of life because it is the ultimate and the highest form of love. 1 Corinthians 13 tells us that agape is the most excellent way. Agape, of course, is all about unconditional love. But the greatest reason why agape is the ultimate and the highest form of love is because this scripture connects agape to God. Do you notice how in verse 8 it does not say God loves us, rather it says God is love. God is agape. Agape. Love is his nature. Love is the way that God is. You see, when when God made us, he did not create an emotion or a, a feeling called love. Love has always been because God is love. And that makes agape the ultimate and the highest form of love. And because of this, the more we can pause and reflect and think about God and focus upon him this Advent, the greater the revelation we'll get in our lives of agape and what agape actually is. So this Advent, we pause, we reflect on how connecting agape to God can give us confidence in the highs and lows. Because we think today how this is firstly a love that will never change. Secondly, it's a love that is authentic. Thirdly, it's a love that will never give up on us. And fourthly, it's a love that can inspire real joy. And I hope this brings encouragement to us today. Firstly, God's agape gives us confidence because it will never, ever change. In Malachi chapter 3, verse 6, God says this amazing statement He says, I am the Lord and I do not change. I do not change a remarkable statement. A lot of people say that there's only one constant in life, and that is change. Well, actually, there are two constants in life, change and the God who does not. The the attribute describing God as changeless is his immutability. God is immutable. He has never, he will never, in fact, he can never change because he is perfect, absolutely perfect. And that means so many things to us today that can give us confidence. It means God's word will never change. It means God's promises, God's plans, and God's purposes for our lives will never, ever change. It means God's son will never change. The Bible tells us that. It says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And in the context of today, it means God's love is never going to change because if love is the way he is, then love is immutable and it can never change. And we can trust it. If God was illogical or if God was irrational, we couldn't trust him. But because he's immutable, we can. Changing lives, changing circumstances and changing emotions are safe in the hands of an unchanging God. His love for us. It's 100% trustworthy. Take time this Advent to pause and to reflect on love that does not change. And in that, we'll find a greater revelation of love that is unspeakable, that knows no limits, that is unselfish and completely unconditional. God is love. And no matter how we feel today, About Christmas, his love brings confidence into the highs and the lows of life because it will never change. Secondly, God's agape gives confidence because it is authentic. In verse 9, our scripture says this In this, the love of God was manifested towards us that God sent his Son into the world that we might live through him. God's love is authentic, and it is absolutely real. It's not, some, it's not some sort of abstract theology or theory that we read about in a, in a, a book every week and, and, and use empty rhetoric to try and give ourselves a G up in life. This love is raw, and it is authentic. And it was powerfully revealed to us through Jesus It's not abstract love because Jesus came and he gave this love hands and feet and he gave this love a face for us to connect with. This Advent, can we take time to pause and reflect on how 2,000 years ago in the city of David, a Savior was born for us. A saviour was born for us. His name is Christ the Lord. Love was fully revealed to this world. Jesus, he was the one who turned love from a noun into a verb. He was the one who turned love from a thing and a mere emotion into an action. Because see those hands and feet that he gave God's love to. Those baby hands that would... Playfully reach out to its mother. One day those wee hands would feed five thousand and they would point people in the direction of truth. And one day they would be nailed to a cross. See those little feet that would kick out in joy. One day they would walk in water. And one day with those feet he would lead people in truth. But one day those feet would be nailed to a cross. Those tears, that baby would cry when he was hungry or, or sad, one day again they would flow as Jesus wept over Jerusalem, as he wept over the world and the sinful state and indifference of the world towards God. One day those tears would flow again on a cross, tears of love and of sorrow as Jesus Christ died for the sins of the world. Please take time this Advent to pause and reflect on love that is authentic. God's agape, it was the driving force, driving force behind the birth of Jesus. And through this birth, Jesus gave agape something that became grounded in the reality of our lives. And irrespective of how we feel this Christmas, God's love brings confidence to the highs and the lows of life because it's authentically seen in Jesus. And the more this Advent season we can pause and look at Him, the God man who came to this world for us because He desperately wanted to save us, the more of a deeper understanding of Agape we will get. God's love is authentic. Thirdly, God's agape gives confidence because it's never going to give up on us. In verse 10, we're we're reminded that we did not seek after this love, but rather this love sought after us. It says this, And this is love, not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son. God is the one who sought you and me. He's the one who brought us to his banqueting table and his banner over us today is love. And we know this love is never going to give up on us because it laid everything on the line for you and everything on the line for me. Irrespective of the cost. You see, God's agape was prepared to suffer inconvenience. It was prepared to suffer hell. It was prepared to suffer even death for us. Agape cost Christ everything. Cost him everything. Because of love, Jesus would come into this world as a baby and grow to be that man on a cross for the sins of the world. Why? Because he loves the world and he loves everybody in the world with all of its brokenness, with all of its pain. He loves every one of us. Jesus Christ, he loves the poor. He loves the homeless. He loves the orphan. He loves the adulterer. He loves the homosexual. He loves the liar. He loves the thief, the murderer, the prideful, the lonely, the widow, the dirty, the untouchable. He loves the whole world. And on the cross, he died for the sins of the world. Which means he loves you this morning. And it's a love that's never going to give up because it laid everything, everything on the line, knowing that most of the world would reject that love. And to emphasize this point about love, I actually want to draw our attention for one minute to one of the most powerful Hebrew words in the Old Testament, and therefore one of the most powerful words in the whole of Scripture. And it's the Hebrew word chesed. Okay, I want you to say it with me after three. It's, it's chesed. You don't say it right unless you, you're about to spit, okay? Okay, after three. One, two, three. Chesed. Oh, it sounded disgusting. <laughs> But it is a stunning word, and you spell it, if you put it in your notes, C-H-E-S-E-D. And I'm sure many of you have heard of chesed, a stunning word that describes so much to us today about the character of God. There are so many words used in the Bible to describe what chesed actually is. Because not one word cuts it. Not one word has the depth of meaning to explain the richness of it it to us. But in the context of today, about love that's never going up, chesed is often translated as meaning mercy or loving kindness that is steadfast, that is loyal, and that is eternal. Chesed is used 127 times in the Psalms. And I know that because I went through the Strong's Concordance and counted up all the wee references to it. Give or take one or two either way. Let me give you a few examples that are relevant to this point. Verses you'll be familiar with. Psalm 23 verse 6. We'll all know that wonderful Psalm. says this, Surely goodness and chesed will follow me all the days of my life. It's never going to give up on us. Psalm 36 verse 5, your chesed, it reaches to the heavens, your faithfulness to the skies. It's measureless. It knows no limit. Psalm 63 verse 3, because your chesed is better than life, my soul will praise you. (laughs) There's nothing like God's chesed. Psalm 100 verse 5, for the Lord is good and His chesed is everlasting. We could go on all day quoting scriptures about that beautiful word which emphasize how this steadfast, loyal and eternal kindness of loving kindness of God is measureless, it's indescribable and it's never going to give up on you and it's never going to give up on me. So no matter where you are in God today, Whether you feel the worst Christian in the world or not, whether we are doubting God or not, please take time this Advent to pause and to reflect on God's love, his chesed that gives us confidence because it's not dependent on our faithfulness. It's not dependent on our brilliance, but fully dependent on a God who's never going to give up on us. The more we understand God and reflect on him, the more profound our understanding of chesed love will be. And finally this morning, God's agape gives us confidence because it will inspire real joy. Real joy in our lives. Does anyone want to know more of God's joy in their lives? But well, before I, I say how love can inspire joy, I want to say a few words about joy because it is an incredible blessing from God. We often and, and, and rightly say that joy is different to happiness because happiness is, is a fleeting emotion. It's here one second and it's, it's gone in the next. Whereas joy from knowing God is always in our lives whether we are consciously aware of it or not. However, sometimes we emphasize the difference between joy and and happiness so much that we actually forget that the joy of the Lord can bring happiness and much happiness into our lives. The Greek word for joy is kara, C-H-A-R-A. And it's a noun that carries with it this feeling of inner gladness, of inner delight, and inner rejoicing. So joy can bring happiness. It's just that joy is not dependent on our circumstances in the way that happiness is. Our joy is completely focused on God, the God who never changed and the God who is always going to be with us. And our prayer this Advent, folks, is that every single one of us here will experience afresh the joy of the Lord that is our strength. Kara is a deep-seated assurance, confidence and contentment in here because we know that we're right with Him. We know that we're right with God and it can ignite our hearts. In our attempts to make joy so distinct from happiness, maybe we've moved to a place that is void of happiness. The joy can bring So how can we know the wonder of real joy in our lives this Advent season? Well, firstly, we pause, we reflect, and we look up. Pause, reflect, and focus up. I've finished every point in this sermon today so far by saying the more we get to know and understand God this Advent, the deeper our understanding of Agape and Chesed will be. I can't emphasize enough how important that reflection will be for each and every one of us. Martin Lloyd-Jones, the great preacher, said, there is only one thing that can give true joy, and that is contemplation of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jones went on to say that he, Jesus, satisfies the mind. He satisfies our emotions. And he satisfies every desire. So pausing, reflecting, and contemplating him. A God whose love is authentic, will never change, and will always be there and never give up on us, is something that can stir up joy within our lives. Because at the heart of true love is perfect joy. Perfect joy. So how can we know this experience, this Advent, pause, reflect, And contemplate upon his love for you and for me. Because you see, a bigger revelation of God will not only stir our hearts, it will change our lives. Because our conviction of God will determine our conduct. Take that one away and reflect on it. Our conviction of God will determine our conduct and lead us to our final thought about how we can know joy this Advent by focusing out. You see, we focus up to know joy, but we'll also know joy by focusing out to show God's love. And our scripture today, verse 11, says Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. I really believe that we get to know the joy of God more through the activity of loving others really believe that, we get to know joy more through the activity of loving others. And it's a joy that will take us to a place where we will do anything for one another, irrespective of the cost, because this joy will inspire within us everything that needs motivated by love. You see, at the heart of love, we don't find selfishness. We find selflessness We find a God who's a giver, not a taker. And that's what we need to model in our lives. We find a message that it's better to give than it is to receive. Love is all about giving. Therefore, John 3, 16, hey, it's the best Christmas verse there is. For God so loved the world that he what? He he gave his only son. And Jesus gave his life, making him the purest form of agape this world has ever encountered that this world has ever seen. Do you know the word Christmas, Christ, Mass? It literally means celebration of Christ. So how can we celebrate Jesus this Christmas and know his joy? By contemplating on love that never gives up on us and living out alive where we love others with that love. We love because he first loved us. Who needs us to love them more this Advent? No matter how we feel about Christmas, it's a great time of year to pause and reflect at Advent. And today we're thinking about love and joy that brings confidence into the highs and the lows of life. We live between two great Advents, two great comings of Jesus, and God's love guaranteed, and it also guarantees both Advents. You see, God's love brought Christ into the world. God's love took Christ to the cross. God's love brought Christ into your life and my life. God's love will sustain us through the highs and the lows of life. And one day God's love will bring Jesus Christ back again. Amen? It absolutely will. What love. It's never going to change. It's authentic and it'll never give up on us. And it can inspire joy. So as we look back today to 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem. It's a love that can inspire as we also look forward to this Advent that will come. Where one day your joy and my joy will be absolutely complete. And it will be absolutely perfect. One day where he'll wipe away every tear from our eyes. Where there's no more pain. There's no more suffering. There's no more heartache. There's just perfect joy. Perfect, perfect joy. Friends, have, have maybe some of us here today lost that wonder of God's love? Have we lost the wonder of the joy that comes from knowing him? Remember, I said at the start, God can break into your life and my life at any moment, at any time, and in every single way we need. It's true. How can we rediscover Advent? And I deliberately repeat this, please pause and reflect this Christmas upon the wonder of it all, by focusing up on him and then focusing out on others. Who do we need to show more love to this Christmas? Who do we need to forgive? Who do we need to say sorry to? What life could we shine a light into with our presence? What elderly person could we bring joy to with a visit? Who could we invite round to our homes for a meal? What relative could we send a letter to or try to connect with that we haven't spoken to in years? Who's the person who's really influenced our lives and we need to tell them and say thank you to them before it's too late? What child could we sponsor this Christmas who's never seen a Christmas present, clothes, regular meals, or a school classroom? What could we do to live out this love that we have received? Joy is fine, folks. Not in getting, but in giving. In giving. As we pause and reflect on the height, the depth, the breadth, the width of this incredible love. May God touch our lives. And may we all know an overwhelming sense of joy that brings confidence as we look up, and as we look out. Amen? Amen. band are going to join me up on the, the stage as we come around the table together to, again, just pause and, and reflect upon what God has done for us.